Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. What if you were wearing something sexy? What if you were drinking? What if you made the first move? No matter what, sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN, reminding you it's never your fault. Brought to you. Every year, millions of Americans are exposed to a contagious virus. What is this virus? It's stigma. Stigma promotes an environment of shame, fear, and silence which prevents millions of people from seeking help. But there's good news. The National Alliance on Mental Illness believes stigma towards mental illness is 100% curable. So do yourself and everyone a favor. Go to curestigma.org and get tested for stigma. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. And you can also email me. My email address is SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions. Also, that's how you're going to win prizes and things that I give away, movie tickets, uh, show tickets, uh, gift cards, books. I'm going to be giving away a copy of a book, um, Treating Black Women um, Eating Disorders. So you want to look out for that. Um, Check out on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and you will be able to find out how to, you know, win the giveaway. You can also check out shows if you've missed one. they archive on Instagram. I'm sorry, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Um, so if, if you miss the beginning of something, or you you know want to share with friends and family, say, oh, I, I found this really cool uh, show. I'm not sure if it's um, you know still there. It is still there. Even shows from like eight years ago or something, they're still there. You just look up the name. You can look up my name and then maybe the guest, and it'll pop up, like, on Google. You know, everything is saved on the Internet. That's why they always tell you don't do anything crazy, don't film anything crazy, because if if you do, it's going to be on the Internet. (laughs) So just be wary of that. So my next guest, um, you might be seeing her, or you might have already seen her if, if you've checked out the show on Peacock. 
uh, Bel Air. I mean, it's like a remake of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And let me tell you, it's completely like a whole different mood. It's a different feel. It's more dramatic. Um, actress Cassandra Freeman, um, she plays um, the aunt on there. And hold on, let me see. This is her on the line. Cassandra, can you hear me? Cassandra, can you hear me? Hi, how are you? Hey, you are. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for for calling in. Um, I saw that you called in before. The show kind of like cuts and then it goes to the next episode, so that's why you got dropped. But um, I'm glad we're together now. Yes, absolutely. So you've been at this a minute here. You've been in a lot of shows and, and films and things like that. You've, you've played with a lot of great guys. And now you're in this uh, show, Bel Air. How did you, you know, people always want to know, how did you get that part? Did you know somebody? Did you call somebody? Did you audition? What was the deal? There is no nepotism in my career. Uh, it's never been about who I know. Uh, but this came along because I have a, a great manager who just kept knocking at my door about Aunt Viv. And, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is such an iconic show. I grew up with that show. So I think it would come to me as Aunt Viv just seemed crazy. And so, you know, I auditioned, and then after that I met with the director and the showrunner, and we talked. And the next thing you know, this became my next role. It's kind of crazy. No, I read somewhere that you actually didn't want to be an actor at first. But I read somewhere talking about you wanted to be a pastor or a politician. Is that true? And <laughs> <Yeah>. and, and uh... <laughs> that's right. You know, I always like to say, you know, I, there's still time for me to be a pastor. Okay, there's still time. Yes. You know, yes. I have two, my two siblings who are pastors. Uh, my father used to guest pastor at different churches. My stepdad is a pastor. When I was a kid, I couldn't wait to go to church. I used to take copious notes. You know, I I love the Lord, and I I thought if I wasn't a pastor, maybe I'd be a nun. Like, I just wanted wow. to be in the Word so badly. Yeah. Okay. And then at some point, okay. it, um, and then at some point it pivoted. And I realized, like, oh, what about if I brought that mindset into politics? And so then I was like, okay, maybe I could be a politician with these same types of values to help people. And then I remember I did, like, a summer – I used to go up to D.C. for my summer vacation to my aunt and uncle's shop, and I met a woman who was a professor at Georgetown University, and I told her I want to be a politician and the first black female president. And she was like, oh, I wouldn't wish that job on my worst enemy. And I was so <laughs> shocked to okay. hear that. And I had to recalibrate to think, like, what were my real intentions? And so acting became the next thing. And I think all of these still came back to the place of how can you, you know, inspire people to change, inspire people to see that we're more alike than different. And so, you know, acting just ended up being the one that I fell on. I just want to let people know that, you know, this is not your first show. Like I said, um, you've been on NBC drama series, The Enemy Within. Um, you were on TBS, The Last OG. Um, you were on ABC's uh, For Life. Oh, my God, I love that guy that plays on that show. Ooh, that's my husband. Okay, sorry. Let, let, oh, yeah, let Nicholas Pinnock, he's wonderful. Uh, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, Nicholas, um, and, he's wonderful. <laughs> 
Uh, you've been on Luke Cage. Uh, you've been on the show Atlanta. So you, you have done a lot of things. You've also uh, worked in theater. So uh, I just want to let people know, if this is the first time maybe you're seeing her on Bel Air, she's definitely not a first-time actress. Um, she is a veteran at this business. Now, you know, it's interesting. You said that you used to go up to um, your family's house. So you, this is a thing for kids um, traveling, you know, to other relatives' house during the summer. What are some of the things you used to do when, when you went up to your family's um, in, in the north, so to speak? Because you're from Florida, well, right? That's right. I'm from Florida, and, you know, my, I have uh, two sets of aunt and uncles, one set that live in uh, – well, I have a lot of aunt and uncles, okay. Uh, but, yeah, I used to spend some time <laughs> with my aunt and uncles in D.C. Then I have some other ones I used to spend up in Westchester, and then another set that I used to spend in the Pacific Palisades here in California. And, you know, what's interesting about the ones in the Palisades is that they're very much like, you know, Phil and Viv. They're – very affluent black people. They have one of the biggest art collections in America. It's called the Kinsey Collection. And so all these aunt and uncles who I would learn things from, and like another set of uncles in the auto repair shop. So I learned how to do a brake alignment. And another, a lot of my life is about going up north and spending time with family. Wow. that's I, I remember I had a godmother. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Pennsylvania, but there's a place called Bucks County. It's very rural. And she was like the only one of one or two black families on this like road. I mean, literally it was a road um, and it would be so dark that you couldn't see your hand at night type of thing. Um, and I have so many really happy, you know, memories going there. And I think that it's, um, it's great that kids can get out of their neighborhoods, similar to, you know, what the character on Bel Air is doing, um, Jabari Banks. Um, how has it been uh, playing, you know, his aunt uh, on the show? You guys have – I love the chemistry. I've watched the first four episodes, and it's really great. Oh, thank you. Wait till the fifth episode. You don't scream. Ooh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get the popcorn, child. You know, when you see that episode, you're going to me and be like, what? Um, Jabari is wonderful. He's just like a wonder of the world. He has such a deep – Spirit. He has like a little old soul in there, and he just naturally has like Will Smith sort of characteristics at the same time, and deeply humble. I mean, everybody on this show, all the young people on that show, are deeply talented. I mean, I'm learning from them as much as maybe hopefully learning from me. And then Adrian as Uncle Phil is just delightful, and I've known him for over a decade, and we've worked together a couple times too. That's another one of my husbands. I'm sorry. I just want to drop that. He's probably a little short for me, but, you know, because I'm tall. But I, I, he's one of my husbands. How but, tall are you? But, but listen, I'm about 5'9". Uh, is he about 5'9"? Oh, nine? no. But he's married. He's, 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 and he's married, but he's taller than you because I'm 5'9 as well, and he's still, he still oh, toes okay. over me. He's yeah. still taller than you. Okay, okay. But his, <laughs> his, his wife is beautiful. And she's an actress, yeah. and she's awesome. I, I wrote to them when I said, you guys are awesome, you know, powerhouse team with, with the acting, both of you. I mean, I've seen them in so many different things. Have you, So you said you played with him before in other shows, or you just knew him as, like, in the business? Yeah, I've met, I, we did a movie, I mean, I don't know if it's been eight years now, called, uh, uh, the, it's been five years now, called The Real MVP. It was a Lifetime Movie of the Week about Kevin Durant's mother and what she did to raise him. And I played Kevin Durant's mother, and, and Adrian played, like, one of the coaches 
who uh, helped, you know, make him into this amazing MVP sort of basketball player. And then Adrian and I, just before we did Bel Air, uh, we just did a project with Malcolm D. Lee, you know, who's done like The Best Man and so many classic films. He just did a TV show with us, but the show didn't get picked up. And so mm. the next thing we fell into was Bel Air. So God is very mysterious because on the Malcolm D. Lee pilot, I was going to play Adrian's mistress. And Nicole R. Parker was going to play his wife. And I was what? like, what? I should be your wife. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm talking about the mistress. Now, I so finally that, I got to that role. That role changed your view about what it meant to be a parent and, and, and maybe being a mom. But you're a mom now, yes? Yeah, yeah, but the real MVP definitely um, – it really, like, it, it, like, sparked a thing inside of me that made me think, oh, I should be a mom. And, you know, I got to meet Wanda Durant, Kevin Durant's mother, and I got to, you know, walk around her house, see these baby pictures. But what inspired me was how being a parent is probably one of the most creative jobs you could ever have if you're up for it. And, you know, I'm a very creative person, and I love seeing things grow. I love collaboration. And, you know, I was right. Having this, I have the best little boy. He's, he's so courageous and smart. He surprises me every day. It was a smart choice, for sure. So how have you been dealing with the COVID situation um, as an actor and as a parent? I mean, you know, we're always worried about our kids getting sick. I mean, I have a, I have a daughter, and when she was younger, it was like, keep the hands clean. They're always rubbing their nose. They got snot coming out, this, that, and the other. And, and so how has it been for you as a parent and an actor with this COVID drama? Well, at the beginning of COVID, uh, I just refused to believe that we should be uh, totally isolated. So I called up some of my son's best friends, parents, and asked if we could create our own bubble. Before I knew there was a thing called a bubble, I was like, listen, mm-hmm. we're going to go in lockdown. We all have little kids that are three and four years old. And I said, our kids need to still be uh, with other kids. So I started a little school in my house. And so the kids would come to my house every day. Yeah, from like 9 to 12, I guess. And then afterwards they play outside and it'll be nap time and, you know, dinner time and stuff. But so, you know, we I kept a routine in my house for my son and for myself to keep my own mental sanity. And uh, the same thing is true when I started Bel Air. I moved to a specific neighborhood to be with specific friends who also have kids at his age. And, you know, that's what it's about. You know, life is so much easier when you have community and family. And that's why I love Bel Air. Bel Air – it's about, you know, a bunch of rich people, rich people problems, but really it's about the currency. The most important currency anyone can have are the relationships. The level of your relationships yeah. is the level of the life, and the show really points that out beautifully. Well, you see in the show, I mean, I can give, I think, this little tidbit, you know, people know that um, Jabari, you know, he has a best friend back in Philly, and, you know, he misses them. Um, Carlton, that, uh, the character that plays his cousin, you know, he has a friend which may or may not be a good thing, but you guys will see right. and make your own decision on the show. I don't want to give too much away, you know. And, and um, even, um, you know, uh, Uncle Phil, uh, there's a scene when he goes uh, and sees his old college mates uh, from school, uh, fraternity. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, uh, relationships, you know, are all important. And you have a friend uh, on the show that's encouraging you. Your character was an artist, and I say was because that's something that um, – Uncle Phil says, talk to us about her 
being an artist and maybe was an artist, what does that mean? Hey, like she says in the show, honey, once an artist, always an artist, even if you only did one painting 15 years ago. But she used to be a thriving artist when she first met Phil, and Phil used to follow her around. I mean, she was really a, mm. an up-and-coming artist in the company of some of the best artists of that time who today are, like, legendary. Um, but because, you know, the world has changed so much in 15 years for visual artists, the way people talk about black art today is a whole new level. I grew up with an aunt and uncle who collected art, so it was normal to me. But today, people talk about it like it's regular conversation. So her friend, Wendy, is really there to inspire her to come back out. And the world is different, and you could maybe even, like, get paid for this and support yourself. Even though she doesn't need the money, the passion is still in her. And I just love this character of Vivian because she's on a path of just becoming becoming more of herself outside of the cage of just what it means to be a mother or just a woman or a black woman in America and what that, what that all entails. And I think you really don't know what it means to be a black woman in this culture when there's so many cages keeping us locked in because we want to assimilate. And so I think throughout mm-hmm. the season we'll really start to see her push back on her, on her husband on what that relationship is, push back on her career as an artist to see what that could be. It's a beautiful, um, it's just a beautiful arc she goes on. Yeah, you know, one of the artists you mentioned, Micheline Thomas. I actually, I remember I interviewed her, and and her stuff is incredible. And when you when they said it, I was yeah. like, oh my god, I know that name. So you know, like you said, it's more out there. People are more aware and more appreciative of African American and their arts. And and I think also people support people more that okay, this could be a career you know, for their children. And, and talking about that, on the show, though, uh, your oldest daughter, you, you're having a little conflict or friction there about supporting her. Um, what do you think you're going to do when your son gets older and he chooses a, a path of, like, I don't know, maybe he wants to be, you know, a race car driver or, or a swimmer? Like, what, what, what do you think you're going to tell him? Right. You know, the future is never for the parents to understand. You know, that's why the future every generation is right now. I like to think I'm quite open-minded as a parent. I mean, right now my son's three and he wants to be a stuntman, and he says when he grows up he's going to be a superhero and a movie star. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see. You know, the thing is, it's too bad. Uh, Vivian is so outside of the culture and outside the culture of technology as well. I I'm, I'm much closer to it, and I'm much more open-minded, and I'm an artist. I, 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 I never stopped being an actress uh, for 17 years. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 14. So I have just a different mind state. And so I'm not like her in terms of thinking, like, you have to go to college, like, you have to do things a certain way. There are a lot of different ways to find success in life. So I'm more open-minded yeah, that- with my son. Yeah, because a lot of people in the past would not support a child saying they're going to be an artist, they're going to be an actor. I mean, I remember when I was younger, people telling telling me, oh, their parents are going to pay for college if they don't go to be a lawyer or a doctor. Um, you know, if you're African, mm-hmm. you know, from right from the from the continent, you know, you got to have like three degrees, and one of them better be like a doctor, a lawyer. That's right. You know, That's right. You're not not going to be an actor. Like what? That that I remember Yvonne Orji even talking about. Um, um, that that situation and, and several other African performers, you know, their parents were like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, and, you know, and African-Americans, it's the same thing, right? Like our parents put their bodies on the line 
so we can go to any college. And then it's time to go to college. We're like, nah, I'm good. Like, it's the worst. But, you know, I'm, can you still hear me? You dropped out. Hello? Wait. Can you hear me? Okay, it's going, it's going in and okay. Now it's better. It's going. It was going in and out. So the, one of the things they talk about is class and and money. And um, I feel like you know Aviv is like straddling the two worlds. Um, but um, what do you think now that your son maybe you know I, I don't know what kind of money you have, but I mean you're not on welfare. Let's let's say that. And um, <laughs> you know how are you going to teach your son about you know respecting people no matter what their background is? My son, I live in Brooklyn, New York. I feel like I'm very lucky because my neighborhood is so diverse, whether they're people are Egyptian, African, Jewish, Cuban, like Swedish. Like my friends are so diverse, so I just think it's a given. And I was just in the South, and Hollywood Wada has bring people with background into the house where they were Why I'm just sitting here. It must there's crazy okay. winds in my neighborhood today. That might be what okay. It is. That could be it. That it's, it's crazy. So let me ask you this: What would your superpower be if you had one? Oh, oh, oh. my superpower! Oh my goodness! I guess uh, my superpower would be just uh, energy that could last on demand. Okay, like the Energizer Bunny? Yeah, that sounds so crazy, right? It's because I'm always tired. So I'm always just like, what's it like to have a lot of energy? What would that be like? (laughs) Or my other superpower would be, my other superpower would be something where capitalism would exist, but people could live in communities so everyone could thrive at the same time. I don't know how that could be a superpower, but, honey, I'm ready for that superpower. Well, you could have a wand or something and just touch a space and, okay, this is the same space and everybody has an equal amount of everything and everybody's, you know, fulfilled and, and, and happy and, and not trying to, like, kill each other, you know, over different resources exactly. in the universe. Yeah. No. Amen. It's called the thriving community. Okay, let's do it. Okay. I, well, that could be a movie. That could be a play. There's so many things. You, you could do, like, a, you know, installation. I, I'm already seeing it in my head. There it goes. Okay, I just said it. I put it in the universe. If you had $100, what would you spend it on? These questions, honey. Okay, if, oh, I mean, if I had $100 uh, and I could do anything with it, this, it would be one or two things. It would either be like a massage somewhere so I could zone out. Or literally mm-hmm. right now, I'm desperately looking for a certain type of truck that my son loves. And he seems to be out of stock, okay? But if I had $100, I'd buy $100 for these broccoli veggie fries. Those are my problems <laughs> right now. Because it's like one of the main foods he can eat that have, you know, okay. nutrients in it. And I can't find them. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and who would you take? I go anywhere in the world. Where would I go and what would I take? Oh my goodness. Uh, I guess I, the first thing that comes to my 
truth lives. Like, I'd go to, like, Fiji. Like, go to places where there's a pool inside your bed and the beach is all around you. Uh, <laughs> I, I would need to go do that. Uh, and I would bring my husband. Okay. Okay. Don't want to make anybody upset. I've been working you know. here for What's that? No, I said you, you definitely bring him because you don't want to make anybody upset. If you say one person, you'll be like, why don't you say me? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's the truth. It was true for this premiere. I was like, three tickets, guys. Uh, that'll just be my husband, my manager, and uh, my agent. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> so now what kind of foods did you um, like when you were a kid? Like I remember like we had like the sour charts and like Twizzlers. Um, we had the little candy that was like the powdered sugar stuff, like totally bad for you. What did you remember eating when you were a kid? Um, Cracker Jacks used to be my thing when I was a kid. Oh, Oh, Cracker Jacks. Jacks. Hey, remember Cracker Jacks and Doritos and Nerds and Now Later. Like if I had all those, yes, lottery. Oh my God, lottery. So, so what do you um, cook now? What's your favorite like dish for dinner? Uh, if you're cooking, or somebody cooks for you, what would you want to eat for dinner? Yeah, I cook. I mean, I am addicted to salmon. Like, I'm such an adult now. It's like boring as heck. Like, like even tonight, I'm like, I think I'm gonna have salmon, or or I'll order out and get sushi. But things from the sea makes me happy. Mhm, mhm. You know it's hard now because it's like the wild caught versus the farm raised, and people are having these battles like what's good and what's not. What What do you think about that? And also like tilapia, they're like, oh, don't eat tilapia. What's your opinion about those things? You know, my husband found his company, and I can't remember the name of it, but they out their way to send us antibiotics that are farm raised and all that kind of stuff. So, my husband tried his best, but then when I'm out of town, I'm in LA, but I live in Brooklyn. Uh, here, yeah, I think you're going in and out, Cassandra. Cassandra, can you could you say that again? Because you just it was all crackle, like you were saying your husband some kind of company yeah, my that sending you fish. Some, that's right. Yeah, like a butcher's box of fish and things. But uh, when I'm not in Brooklyn, then I just go to Trader Joe's, and they have that prepared salmon with the butter already on top. This is, this is all I can do in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the show, um, and I wish you so much success with um, this Peacock Bel Air show. Um, so you said the next episode, number five, is like Thursday. a nail biter. Thursday. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, it's, I can't wait. But just know it's mood is a mood get ready for it yeah it's a mood wait okay real quick what's up with the butler guy he is like suspicious like i'm just waiting for some the other shoe to drop with him okay that's played by jimmy uh he plays jeffrey yes can you tell us anything or is that what's going to happen in episode five um, I, I'm, I'm not, there, I'm sure there's always something interesting happening in every episode, but uh, not necessarily I'm talking about him, but Jimmy in general, he makes one word feel so heavy. That's a masterful actor. So you can't tell if you're putting things on him or if it's real or not. That's all I can say. Yes, I agree with that because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. 
but he definitely has, you know, like presence when he comes on to the scene um, and the set. Um, sorry for the background. Uh-huh. I guess there's like um, some kind of fire. But, yeah, he's, he's definitely got power. I also want to give a shout-out to April Parker-Jones. She was on the show before as well. She yes. plays uh, Will's mom, um, and she's a great actress. Um, the show oh, is she's just so a powerhouse. Amazing. Yeah, yes, there's just yes. so Wait many great actors. She has some other episodes coming down the line, and you're just going to be like, April, all hell April. She's a powerhouse for sure. Well, thank you again, Cassandra. I wish you so much success, and um, have a good salmon or sushi dinner tonight uh, or for the rest of the week. <laughs> you know me well. You know me well. Thank you, and take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with actress Cassandra Freeman from Peacock's Bel Air Show. comes on Thursday evening. You want to check it out. It is serious. It is not like the free, funny, you know, bouncy, fresh Prince of Bel Air. It has a more serious angle to it, but you're going to love it. And there's powerhouse actors from the kids to the adults. Wonderful, wonderful acting, performing. So check them out. Uh, you want to check me out? Follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. And on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, you can check the shows out on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. You guys have a wonderful evening. Stay tuned for a commercial, and I will see you on Saturday. I'm speaking with poet Desiree C. Bailey and actor William Stanford Davis. He's on Abbott Elementary. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking. Now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.